Welcome to Secret Sauce for Success, show number seven. Hi, everybody. You have tuned in to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we strive to find the secret ingredients that lead to success. We interview successful guests every week and learn their secret to their success. We sincerely hope you implement these habits into your life and become the best you that you can be. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? It's Rick Stahl, host to the Secret Sauce for Success show. Live from Colorado, here with my co-host, Doug Kirstein. What's going on, Doug? Hey, Rick, another beautiful day here in Colorado. So glad to be uh, out enjoying the sunshine and the beautiful weather, even in the middle of the winter time. It's a great place to be. It sure is. My wife was saying it looked like driving through a snow globe tonight. We had a little flurries down here. Uh, yes, 58 degrees this morning and snow in the afternoon. I mean, not a lot of places you get that kind of variation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Minnesota where it snows and it stays for, you know, a month. Yeah, right. Or in, in places like Phoenix where you, you have hot and then slightly less hot as your seasons. <laughs> I don't know if people live in a place where you can't touch your car in the summertime. You know, it's kind of <laughs> right. right. Hey, Doug, do you have a uh, quote for the week? Yeah, definitely. I like this once from Anne Rand. She says, money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. And uh, I chose that one because as we went through this interview, you and me, we're talking about investing and, and doing some of these different things. Having the cash to do that is important, but what you do with the cash is more important, knowing that that's what you want to do. So the money will take you there, but you, you've got to be the one who's driving it. You've got to be the one that's pushing it. So. Right. You need that that vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I once heard of a man who was actually a millionaire from Amway, of all places. And he said uh, he doesn't like money. He likes choices, and money gives him choices. And I thought that was also a great quote. So it's not about the money. It's about what you do with it and the kind of lifestyle that, that you're able to live and helping other people and doing good things and all that sort of thing. Sure is. Yeah, and that was really fun, uh, telling my story for the engineering side of me, which is a big part of me. And, and it really defined who I am and defines who I am. And I'm not trying to run away from engineering to get into real estate. I'm just trying to add to the fullness of my life with real estate, add more choices, like you said. Right. Well, I enjoyed hearing about your younger life and growing up. I've known you for way upwards of 20 years now. And uh, I didn't know a lot of those little things about you growing up and some of the struggles that you had personally, brushing your teeth and having a bad smile for a long time. I mean, those are all those are all character shaping kinds of things. It's a big deal to to, to go through that stuff. So I enjoyed hearing about that. Well, good. Thanks. I hope uh, I can help anybody out there with that story. And and you know, you need a good smile. You know, that was a, a key turning point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that even, uh, just that whole story, because personally, when I meet someone, I think the first thing I notice is their smile. Not necessarily the quality of it, like are your teeth nice and white and straight and all that kind of stuff, but are you smiling and do you seem like a happy kind of person? It's just, I guess that's sort of the window to the soul right there, just who that person is, what kind of mood they're in. So yeah, it's important. And that, that confidence of having a nice smile goes a long way. Yep. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Oh, good. Thanks. And then today we're going to hear about me with real estate. Right. Yeah, a little bit different, but 
I'm sure there are. It, it's funny to talk to people who are into real estate because there are so many different kinds of people, but real estate is a, a common thread that, that we're focusing on here in our podcast. And engineers are very analytical people and they think a certain way. And then there are people like me who are salespeople and we're not analytical. And we're kind of extemporaneous and our minds are all over the place. And yet we're both pursuing the same goal. So it's really interesting to hear the differences as to how people approach this. So your engineering part of you is a big part of you and it, it defines kind of how you, how you go after real estate. So I like that tie-in and uh, seeing how that worked for you. Well, ever since I saw that one guy drive in with his truck, you know, and then go work on Quaterni, and that just blew my mind. Right, right. I don't even know what that is. If you didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like some sort of fancy thing. I don't understand. It's like out of Star Trek. <laughs> That's right. It's a computer. Where's my program? So. <laughs> Good. Well, let's hear it, Rick. Let's jump into this. I'm sure uh, with the listeners, your story about how you got in some real estate, I'm sure they'll be fascinated by that as well. Well, it's funny you mentioned real estate. We have this podcast that's about real estate. We've been talking a lot about electrical engineering, but I'd like to start talking some more about your foray into real estate. We'll rewind in your previous story a little ways to where you were talking with your friend who had his old work truck and talking about how now he's on his day off or whatever that looks like where he's going out and doing the rounds on those rental properties that he had. Was that kind of the springboard or what was the next step? When was the next time you kind of actively started thinking about real estate and started moving in that direction? So now we have to backtrack just a little bit from there. While I was at Ball, I just came back from Huntsville. I drove a brand new car for a year and I came back to my old stinky car and I was like, oh, I got to get a new car. You know, I just paid off all my student loan debts. I had some money in the bank. I just made a killing down the Huntsville. I had some money to go spend, and this guy sat me down. He sat me down. He's like, Rick, buy a house. I was like, well, no, no, I, I need to, I need a car. I need this pickup. I'll pay it off quickly, and then I'll buy a house. And he's like, Rick, buy, please. I'm pleading with you. Buy a house. And I was up in Broomfield right by Interlochen before Interlochen went in. I was like, I'm sorry. You know, I just can't. I missed the chance. I saw housing prices go 100K within a year, and I missed it. So I saw and I felt that pain. I paid off my pickup, and I, then I bought a, a, my first townhome that you've been at, I believe, up in Longmont. That was so in 2000, I finally got going, bought buying real estate. So I bought my own primary residence. Good. Okay. So then I getting let go at ball. I had some severance money already had the, the next job. So I cashed that severance money in. I was like, well, might as well make lemonade out of lemons. I took that severance money and I cashed in some of my wife's bonds and we bought the house in Firestone. So we bought our second house and we kept the first one only because it was 2007, 2008, things were starting to crash and I was going to lose money on selling that first property. And so it got to the point where it was like I was going to lose $10,000 after I've already paid and paid extra and extra, and I was going to lose money. So luckily, right before we left and bought the other house, we got the rid of the PMI, the mortgage insurance. So the numbers started looking a little better. We decided to keep the house, the townhouse, and rent it out. And first renters were perfect. They, they were like, hey, Rick, do you mind if we paint the place? Well, with no charge, we'll do it. We just don't like the colors, you know. I'm like, sure, go, go for it. So I'm realizing that people are willing to improve your assets. Yeah. 
Well, that's nice. So they want to do some work around the house, make it a little bit nicer, a better place for them to be. You didn't have to do the work yourself. That's great. Yeah. And it was, again, if, if the market would have been good, I probably would have sold and never got into real estate. But sure. it was just the timing where I couldn't lose that kind of money on a house. Right. And all sparked by that one guy driving that truck in to work, right? It's like, you know, let me try doing this. Right. So you you bought your condo up in, in Longmont. You bought a house in Firestone. These are rentals that you still have today, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. So what's your next step? What, what's your next property that you get into? Yeah. So then my current job asked me to move down South Denver. We had some inheritance money, had a, a rich aunt and uncle that passed away and left us some money. We picked up a house in uh, Highlands Ranch. So we kept the other house up in Firestone, rented that out. Pretty good tenant. So, you know, you always have some good luck, bad luck stories, you know, to tell after if you've been in business a while. So we bought that house and then we had still had some money left over. So I started doing some more looking and I picked up a little house in 2012, you know, just in the depths of that recession, right? And I found a house on an auction with my realtor and I said, hit the buy it now button. And we picked up this little house for 160K over in Roxborough. Cool. And that turned out just perfect. The buying at the right time, 2012, uh, that house is more than doubled. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, the, it was appreciating very fast. And from 2012 when we bought it to 2016, I was able to do a cash out refi and then we picked up another condo up in Lakewood. Excellent. And now those are, these are all rentals. You haven't, have you done any flips? No, not at this point. Yeah, is that something that you would consider doing, or are you really just a buy-and-hold kind of guy? Mostly a buy-and-hold. So I'll tell you about one flip. So keep going here in the story, and I'll get get you to the flip. Get to that point. Okay. I don't mean to put the cart before the horse. We're moving along, and one night, so my wife leaves me alone, and I'm looking at all my successes in life. And it's not just me, right? I told you that uh, I wouldn't be anything without God kind of helping me along here. But I was looking at my life, and I was like, is there anything else I want to do in my life? I was like, I'd like to be a real estate agent. We got these, what, four rentals running? And I was like, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. So I got my real estate license, hung it uh, at HomeSmart. So now I'm a real estate agent with HomeSmart and have access to the MLS. And now I can really start searching for deals. Yeah. That's awesome. Now you've got your license and you're able to represent yourself and you can buy and sell homes on your own behalf. That's nice. Yeah. So part of the deal is part of the mentee mentor program with HomeSmart. You need to do four deals with a mentor and they take 30% cut. So I kind of wanted to work through those first four deals kind of quickly. So I did represent a couple tenants to help for two of the deals. But I also needed one more deal to kind of finish the mentee program. So I thought, how can I do a couple deals real fast? Hey, how about do a fix and flip? There you go. <laughs> Buy it, then sell it. You got that done, wrapped up nicely. Right? So, I, well, I bought a little uh, condo down in Manitou Spring. Uh, it was needed some work, but it's all cosmetic. And I went down there. I tried getting bids for doing the work. All these bids were coming in way too high for the price. Again, I'm just trying to break even. That's all a goal there is just to break even, get my two deals and be done. 
that these people come in and say, well, I could do that for 20K. I'm like, well, there's not 20K of meat on the bone on this one. <laughs> right, right. There's not even gristle to make it up. Yeah, so I spent every weekend down there changing out sinks, and it was mostly cosmetic, just fixing things, doorbells, and all this stuff. Like you said, you did this fix and flip, and you learn as you kind of go through these steps. You listed it, sold it to a great couple. We, I think we made $10,000 on the deal to boot. I got graduated from the mentee program. Cool. So now you've graduated from the mentee program. They let you off on your own, and you can now act as a, a full-fledged realtor. Yep. So then I was wheel, looking, scanning. I'm just scanning for a deal. I spotted this one house down in uh, Colorado Springs, and it needed major foundation work. So here I am, <laughs> ready to look at foundation work homes. Listening to Bigger Pockets gave me a lot of tips. And I read this one book. It was called Never Split the Difference. That was a great book to read. And it just tells you about putting down, do your analysis, put down a number, and don't back away. And I got to meet the, the owner that was selling it through an estate sale. So I made a connection. It's a wonderful lady. We just hit it off. I think they had other offers on that house. And I made a low offer. I said, I need it for 162 and I'll take it. I think she told her real estate agent, she's like, I want that guy. I kept saying 162, and, I'm, and it's, I'll take it. And they kept coming down from like 190, 180, 170. <laughs> I was like, 162, and I, I got it. I think I came up 2K, finally gave in and said, I'll come up just a little bit and meet you there. But really, that book really helped me. Just That was one of the key aspects is to do your numbers, and know what you got to get it in for to what you want out of it. I would say that's reasonable. I mean, if they came down 30 and you came up two, <laughs> not bad. I think that, that's a victory. I think you can take and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was crazy, doing foundation work on that house. i never done it. I had quotes all the way from 10K to 110K, and I didn't know what I was doing. But you just keep talking to people, you keep meeting with people, and you can try to learn. And finally, I hit on one guy. He was phenomenal. He put me at ease. We went in there and 30K foundation repair. They took care of it. It was great. So then we did the rehab with a handyman crew. It took a little longer than I wanted. Uh, so now we're doing full-fledged rehabs at this point. So you kind of this evolution of real estate as you get more and more comfortable with doing things. Right. Uh, this had a big lot. It was just beautiful lot looking up at Pipes Peak. We finished the rehab. I think we put 90K into it. Rob from my uh, new car fund. Rob from our emergency money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what you got to do. Yeah. You, uh, as you're going through this process, obviously, we've talked with other folks about building a team and putting a group of people together. Do you have a, a core team you're working with, or do you kind of do it as, as bring in contractors as you as you find houses? I found the foundation crew. They did a great job. Then I, I tried this uh, handyman, and he did a good job, but it just wasn't quite hitting it fast enough to do the, the spin as fast and hard as you want. Sure. So we, we got through it. Turned out they do great work. So we got it, and we rented it out to a you know, mechanic that uses that big lot to store all his cars. <laughs> Put a lift in the garage. <laughs> he loves it. I mean, he wow. wants to buy the house from me now. So we're trying to work on that deal. Cool. So what have you got going on now? I think that that was the, the last one, but then 
you have an ongoing project at this point, right? Well, right, but there's one in between there. So oh, sorry, I missed one. Like bigger pockets, they talk about real estate being a train and getting it going. It's really once you get the momentum, it's it's easier to keep going. Right. And so again, I'm scanning. I like to buy in the winter time when nobody else is out looking, and I try to find a weekend when it's snowing or there's no competition out there. So I got this this yearly annual thing going where I'm driving down to Colorado Springs in the winter time in the middle of a snowstorm and looking for properties. <laughs> that's wise, Rick. I think that's smart. When there's nobody else looking, people are interested in the guy who wants the property. That's awesome. That's a great strategy. Yeah. And we, we hit upon a duplex that some lady was re- living on one side, renting out the other, totally neglected. She just wanted out, wanted a you know, decent sum for it. So I picked this up last year. So then again, I'm starting to rehab. I'm getting a little more. So I went to a duplex now. So I'm starting to look, going from singles to duplexes. So I'm leaning into the multifamily. It's a cute little duplex, not intimidated by it. I hired a handyman that I couldn't find anybody. Everybody's so busy in Colorado right now. And I, I hired this guy and I didn't check his references. He was a mistake to hire. And he did a great job, but it's just a one-man show. And I'm trying to do a rehab of two units, and it was taking too long. Ah, so that's a, this is a duplex. You got this guy in there working. So what do you do about that? I hate firing people. My daughter's telling me, fire him, Dad. <laughs> you, you know, I saw how poorly he treats people, but I just want to give him every chance. And finally, one day, three months have gone by. We blew through what he, he gave me for a quote. I wouldn't give me a schedule to close up how we're going to finish. He was saying words, you know, like, oh, yeah, we'll finish by next week and, you know, just didn't at all. So I finally just realized he was essentially just saying what I wanted to hear, lying to me. So after finally one day I show up with all the backsplash and nowhere the countertops aren't in. So I was like, okay, buddy, we, we I, I know I have my own shortcomings, but there's a lot of shortcomings here that you're not doing your part. So I had to let him go. That was really hard. Yeah. Um, while we were doing that rehab, I met this one crew that came through. They were helping us do the cement work and then helping us do the finishing the back lot. And they were just hardworking, great people. I was like, can I get your card? <laughs> sure enough, then I'm, I'm without a handyman. I'm a month away from finishing this duplex. And I called this guy up. He's like, yeah, we can come over and help you out. They've been nothing but a blessing. Awesome. Yeah, that sometimes adversity like that is, is just you have to go, go through that. It's a hard thing. I kind of do the same thing. I have my own shortcomings, so it's hard for me to somebody else out there and say, you, you're not getting this done. You need, to, you need to go away. But as the owner, you have to be willing to do that, and that's a hard thing. It's a good lesson to learn, a good thing for people who are listening to this to take away from that, that it doesn't matter what your shortcomings are. If you hire a guy to do a job and he's not doing it, he's got to go, and that, that's a good lesson to learn. So, yeah, that's tough. How'd that uh, project turn out? Very good. Oh, it was right. We got it rented out right before COVID. We signed the leases in March, I think. <laughs> and we got found two great couples that love the house. And I check in with them once in a while. And they absolutely adore the little little duplex sides. And it turned out great. Turned out perfect. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So then a year goes by again. And I've been using our HELOC money. Again, for part of these rehabs and using the money in and out and get back when you refinance. And and so we, I think I told you we did a primary move recently. I had to pay off the HELOC loan. 
then we actually paid off the townhome up in Longmont. So we have property free and clear, kind of. We rolled the money into our primary. You just kind of, as you get into things, you can find these ways to maneuver that are to your advantage. Yeah. That's another part of that train, right? Another part of that learning process. So just like flipping a house, you learn how to wire things and you learn how plumbing works and you learn how to put up drywall. You kind of learn how to finance things as well. That's an important part of it. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. Here at Stahl Realty, you are number one. I'm a realtor with HomeSmart, and my job is to make sure you are satisfied. Here is what one satisfied client of Stahl Realty had to say. Rick Stahl was an awesome asset in helping our family find a home that checks all our boxes. He is patient and committed. I would recommend calling upon his services. One of my favorite mottos is making milestones memorable. Buying or selling a house can be overwhelming, but with my guidance and expertise, I can make this process as smooth as possible. I can be reached via email at stylerealty at gmail.com or text call me at 720-429-3303. I look forward to hearing from you. And now, back to our show. So, Rick, we were talking here about your your stream of properties that you've gotten into and, and the, the evolution of your real estate career. And we're on, I think, to your current project. So tell us a little bit about that one and how you came to find that property. Right. So again, you know, having the access to MLS really, I think, helps keep on track or have all your auto searches running. They really get calibrated. And I personally really like Colorado Springs. It, the numbers seem to work a lot better down there. You seem to get like a 1% or 2% more cap rate than Denver. The Denver market's just so tight. Yeah. So another snowy winter day. <laughs> <laughs> I found this property. And so I joined Colorado Springs MLS this winter just so I can have access to that uh, MLS down there. I was looking and scanning. Finally, uh, one of the searches, I looked on the income page, not the re- regular residential. And I saw this property that was just poorly advertised or just wasn't quite a lot of information. Usually agents really like to have a lot of information there. But this agent kind of put it up there, a little lean on information. And I looked it up, and it was actually the same guy uh, I bought the duplex from. So it's just his style. He's still a great guy, does great work. Sometimes there's a little lean on that information. So I call him up. And he's out of town, so I he tells me the code to get down there and take, take a look. I go down there, and I drive into this place, and it is a scrap metal yard. I mean, it is trouble all written all over this place. Right. Drove in. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and it's actually two units. So like I told you earlier, I'm kind of leaning into the multifamily now. I'm not scared of getting more and more doors, right? And so this one had a little primary house, if you could see it past the piles of stuff, and then a little uh, garage into a studio. Oh, nice. You found this thing on the MLS. It just happens to be that same person. So you go down, you take a look at it. What are your thoughts as you're looking through this place? Really interesting as, you know, the evolution of what you're comfortable with changes as you get deeper and deeper and your experience grows. And this one scared me. (laughs) I don't think I slept for a week. <laughs> I, 
I don't know why. It just, I, I had other people go by and check. Uh, I was like, am I out of my mind? This, I've been trying to buy on the, the west side of the interstate towards the mountains. This seems to be a better value down there uh, for renting. This one's out a little bit east of downtown. So not the greatest neighborhood, but I love that, you know, I get two doors for the price of one. Right. So on the way home, I called the agent. And I was like, okay. I was like, I can see that you guys, the seller, is, is in a tough bind with these tenants. One of the things that Bigger Pockets, Brandon, he always talks about, he's like, run towards the hard problems. And that's usually where you'll find the deal. If you can, engineering, if I can go solve a hard problem, that's where you make money. If I can real estate or financing, if you can solve a problem, that's usually where your deal is. Right, exactly. So I was willing to work with these sellers. I was—I already knew the agent, so I worked with him. Sellers wanted to close last year before the new administration took over and possibly change the, the capital gains taxes. And so I was willing to accommodate that. I was also willing to work with them as they try to let the tenant finish up their lease or uh, incentivize them to leave a little early. Everybody worked together. The tenants finally left. And a little bit of cleanup and the sellers really help there because they're getting out of a bad situation. And I'm getting, you know, into a okay situation, right? So you work together to try to find a win-win scenario. Nice. So you're currently fixing that place up. So I'm using that same handyman crew that I found at the duplex. They needed work and they were available and I just, they do a great job. And I tell you, finding the right people that you don't have to sit and babysit uh, and that you can trust and trust that they're going to do a good job. It's just, that has really helped. Well, that's good from the experiences we've had and, and some of the other discussions we've had, just the common sense that having a strong team is a key to getting this thing taken care of. So how long do you think it's going to take you to get this all fixed up and ready to go? Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, again, I'm going to do the fix and hold. You asked about the fix and flip. When I did the my little fix and flip down in Manitou Springs, you know, we made a little money. But as, at the end of the day, it's just another job. There's only so much time, you know, especially, you know, you and I have day jobs. And then you have to fit around that, this other job. It's just really hard to do a fix and flip while you're trying to maintain another job. But then it's hard if you're doing do a fix and flip, if you don't have any steady income. It's a tough business. Yeah. I like the numbers, you know, I remember when I did the, I think I still have it. I I thought the best case scenario of the rental numbers for the townhome, and I pull it out every once in a while, I blew by those numbers so fast. You just forget about all the tax benefits of rentals, starting my taxes for the year. And besides the cash flow coming in, you get to write off all your interest. The tenants are paying down your mortgage, your principal. Right. Then you get to depreciate. Yeah. So it's really a nice setup. Right. Yeah. Well, I know some people who have done a lot of protection, a lot of sheltering of income through real estate. So, yeah, there's there's a tremendous tax benefit to owning real estate. Yeah, and the fix and flip, you got to pay those short-term capital gains. Mm-hmm. I'm just not convinced that's a model for me. Sure. Well, it's good to see that there's a lot of different people out there. We've done we've talked to some people who like the fix and flip. Now we're seeing kind of your perspective on things as well. And that, that makes a lot of sense. So so what's next? Do you get this thing done? Are you going to be searching for more properties or? Right. So rehab first here. I think 
the handyman guy gave me a quote of 70 K for the rehab. And if the numbers work out, you know, it might run up to 80, you know, say 80 K or 90 K depending on what we find. The numbers were working out to be like a 12 cap, which is double what a good number is. So I think as we're going up in price, our cap rates coming down. So I, I think I'm going to hit like 8% cap rate, which is still really good. Hopefully in two, three months. So hopefully by February, March, April, May at the latest. Okay. And you'll have it up for rent. And then more buy and holds, continuing to search for new properties? Yeah. So now we're in this game of you have to hold the property for, I think, six. I've always held it for six months for that season period. But as Brooks O'Hearn told us, that sometimes you can find a local bank that will do that season period in three months. So I'll be looking for a, another bank to see if I can shorten that season period where then I can go refinance, get my money back. And, oh, one thing I forgot to tell you about this property, I didn't have enough cash to, to pull down the whole thing. So I asked for seller carry, seller financing for part of it. And yeah. the sellers are great people. And they're so, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a 50K loan on it. So when I refinance, I'm going to pay them off. Sure. And then pay off our line of credit, hopefully. And hopefully there'll be enough money left over. Uh, ideally, just walk out of the deal with a free property. But sure. I don't know if that'll happen. Sure. Well, I mean, if you've got the, the right numbers on there, it sounds like you've done your research and you know what you're doing. So we'll see how they work out. I'll be interested to hear how that one shapes up. You're going to continue looking in the springs. That's your kind of your home base, it sounds like. It sure does. If you look at the numbers, they just work really nice down there. It's good. So we'll get the money back and then I'll just start again. And, and I think I'm going to start instead of doing, saving the, all the excitement for a snowy winter day to go buy a property. I think I'm going to maybe try to do two a year now. You know, as you hone your skills, you can start pulling things in faster. Yeah. So that's my next goal is to start leaning into multifamily and pulling them down faster. Okay. Oh, so some more multifamilies, you'll start looking for triplexes and fourplexes and that kind of thing. Yep. Well, great, Rick. I think that's about wraps it up for us. Any other final thoughts? Anything else you want to add to your story here for us? Just the secrets I have are, boy, hard work, determination. And I think a lot of it is your mindset. If you believe you're going to succeed, you're going to succeed. You're going to do whatever it takes to, to make it work. You know, all the tips you learn, all the finances, all the, the people, the teams, I mean, that, that'll come. But really, it's finding a good deal. I mean, all those are skills you can hone, but really it's your determination. And, and you gotta have cash. I love my engineering job. It's a little stressful some days. That is a big, big part of me. And that set up the, the successes that I could go off on this side adventure for real estate. Yeah. And it provides you with a lot to have that general income. And you said that you had a little bit of help along the way with the, an inheritance that you've got. It's just a matter of, of being smart about what you're doing, being persistent in, in looking for these deals and, and knowing what it is that you're looking for. And that comes with some practice as well. So. Yep. All right, Doug, thanks so much for interviewing me. It was fun to tell my story. Yeah, it was great to hear it, Rick. I learned a lot about you. Thanks. So, Doug, uh, do you want to take us out of here? Definitely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Always glad to have people listening to our stories and hearing about what we have done. The secrets to success, they kind of keep coming back to those same ingredients. 
persistence, desire, and just sticking with it. So that is a big lesson from Rick. Rick, thank you very much for your time tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we find the secret ingredients for success. We all want to be successful in life. So let's break down the steps it takes to get there and learn from other people's journeys. We hope that through the stories you hear on our show, you will find success in your life.